0: So, welcome to Module 13 Future Approaches to BRCA Testing Investigations into App Based Testing. So, again, this is one of the modules where we're looking in a bit of detail at these alternative models of genetic consenting. And I'm going to tell you a bit about the BRCA Direct study, which I lead, which is a randomized evaluation in women diagnosed with breast cancer of digitally delivered pre test information. For BRCA testing. And the motivation for this is, of course, that we know that the laboratory element of bracket testing is now relatively cheap and high throughput. And one of the factors really limiting us in expanding our delivery is our limited capacity in terms of delivering that clinical pre-test information and counselling. And whilst we could outsource to -to direct-to-consumer testing, these are of variable cost and in some cases of variable quality. And in the UK, that would mean that the results were being held outside of our National Health Service. And of course, there is value in holding our genetic results within the same system in terms of family recontact and in case of need for variant interpretation so, this was a proof of concept study where we could examine the feasibility, safety and acceptability of digital pathways for delivery of pre-test genetic information, but within the UK NHS clinical and laboratory infrastructure. So, we know at the moment in terms of breast cancer, fewer than 15% of women are eligible for NHS testing by the National Test Directory and, of course, The number of women diagnosed with breast cancer each year, it's a very large volume. It's around about 56,000 new diagnoses of breast cancer each year, and it's estimated 900,000 women living with breast cancer. So overall, this is a very large number of patients to think about how we can deliver better high-throughput testing to. So our study, we examined delivery of blca one blca 2 and PALB2. So background to this is of course that there has been strong health economic data suggesting the cost effectiveness of BRCA testing in not just all comers with breast cancer, but in fact, in the general female population, in terms of the health economic benefits of early detection and prevention of breast cancer and ovarian cancer, and whilst there have been successful implementation models around mainstreaming in ovarian cancer, this has been less widely successful in breast cancer in terms of mainstream delivery and adoption by the oncology and surgical professionals of that pretest information. Giving, and they've cited overwhelming patient volumes, lack of time during appointments, concern about these complex eligibility criteria and also concern amongst the professionals whether they have all of the right information around the counselling and whether they're, they're in sort of legal implications. So this seemed like a scenario, a use case that was absolutely ripe for looking at in terms of an e-health model of delivery. So of course, thinking about the risks in terms of being BRCA1, BRCA2, that risk of first breast cancer, very high for these genes, around about 70% for breast cancer, 50% for for PALB2, 70% for BRCA1, BRCA2. And again, of course, those very high risks of ovarian cancer, particularly associated with BRCA1. So, we recruited 1,000 patients from the Marsden hospitals in London and from hospitals in Manchester. And we have done an internal pilot phase looking at the first 120 women, which we have now analysed and submitted for publication. And we're now well through the remaining 1,000 patients. Our eligibility for this study was that there had to be adult patients with a self-described good comprehension of English and ability to access the internet via either smartphone or access to email. And these were all patients with either invasive breast cancer or high grade DCIS. And then our only exclusion criteria after that was that it had previous genetic testing for these genes. And we recruited primarily new diagnosis who were largely pre surgical. So some of them direct to surgery, some of them having neo adjuvant. Um, a proportion of patients were new patients, but recruited post surgically during their adjuvant chemo radiotherapy. But we did have a proportion of patients under follow up or under management for metastatic disease, which just gave us a nice range of patients against which to evaluate our results. So, our primary outcome measure was looking at differences in the uptake of genetic testing between the two groups, depending on how they had their pre-test information. But we did also look at logistical outcomes, so the timescale in terms of getting their results. And we also had a genetic counsellor hotline available to both arms of the study. So, we looked at the differences in usage of the hotline between the two groups and also when they were using the hotline. And then we had various different questionnaires. So, we looked at state trait anxiety, intolerance of uncertainty. We had a knowledge questionnaire with 13 different questions. And then we also had a satisfaction survey, a different one for the participants, the patients, and also healthcare professionals. So, this is a high-level overview of the study. So, the patients are approached in clinic by their healthcare professional and give very brief details in terms of an expression of interest, and then they take away a pack with the saliva kit and the study consent. When we get those back, we can then activate them on the platform, and then they find out whether they've been randomized to get their digital pre-test information or their randomised to make a rapid appointment for a telephone consult with a genetic counsellor. After they've had their pretest information by whichever route, they give their genetic test consent via the online platform. And then at that point, we can activate analysis within our NHS diagnostic lab of their saliva sample. So then they'll of course get one of three types of results either negative, positive or vus and the positive and vus are then automatically referred into clinical genetics. So at any time during this the patient can access the 9 to 5 Monday to Friday genetic counsellor hotline. And of course, at any time during the process, they can withdraw from the study. So there are a number of still digital screens. This is their dashboard and it shows how they're moving through. And of course, this is a bit more complicated by virtue of this being a study. So they have the various screens in terms of the questionnaire, which makes it a more complicated process than per se the actual pretest information consent and genetic test. And these are some examples of the pre-test information screen for those who are assigned to pre-test digital information. So, those receiving a negative result 95% of these got a message that their result was ready, and when they click through, they would then get their negative result on the platform, and a small proportion of these and all of the positive mutation results or the buses, when they click through, they were then invited to make an appointment anytime in the next three days. So, those would then have their results given by a telephone consultation with the genetic counselor who could then go through what the results meant. They would then have a personalized letter generated and those with a pathogenic variant or of us would automatically get referred to their local genetic service. So we've had a look at the pilot data. We looked at the first 60 and the first 120, and these have now been submitted for publication, but very high test uptake with no difference between the digital arm and the genetic counselor arm. The workflow is pretty rapid, eight days on average until we got the saliva back and 29 days in the lab between the test consent and the results. And this was during the worst of COVID. So actually we are now improving on that. Our first 72 results, we had three pathogenic variants and no hot bus. So that was roughly what we were expecting. All of this was done with home saliva samples. We did initially have option for a blood pathway. And actually that was relatively unsuccessful compared to the saliva pathway. And actually our hotline usage was largely logistical around patients needing a bit of help registering on the platform and inquiring when their results would be available. And we had fewer than 5% of the patients phoned the hotline to talk to the genetic counsellor, and those were all after they had received results. We're just unpicking the knowledge questionnaire. There's no significant difference between the two arms, but it's actually quite informative in terms of all of the information that we give in our pretest information, how well the patients are absorbing and contextualizing this information. And we're actually doing some quite detailed one-to-one interviews with some of the patients, trying to evaluate whether in fact, we are giving patients just a bit too much information given that 97% of them will have a negative result and that maybe we need to hone down the information pre-test and concentrate on giving better information after the test. So, in summary, from our preliminary pilot data, the BRCA direct digital pathway seems to be feasible, acceptable, and non-inferior by virtue of it being a study What we're asking the patients to do is a bit more involved and laborious than the core BRCA testing workflow. This has been done during COVID-19, so it's meant we've had to tweak things. We've had to individualize them a bit to local workflows. And some of the patients going through the lab, their samples went through slower than we'd like. At the moment, our BRCA direct platform is outside of the NHS firewall, so we would need to take that in. And there are various complexities around data protection and workflows, which we've been mindful of and would need continued attention. But overall, this has been very informative and we very much look forward to sharing the full results. And in particular, as I said, some of the more detailed work, we're looking at that pre-test information and knowledge and trying to think about giving patients the right information in the right amount for that pre-test information versus potentially giving them more information after their results. So thank you very much for listening.